afternoon and welcome once again to Let's Talk, The Pastor is In. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk, well, that's the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but may have some questions. In short, that program's designed for someone just like me. There's a lot I don't understand. Sometimes nothing soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been on my mind. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Now, today's you got, <coughs> excuse me, hack cough, hack cough. Today's guest pastor is Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. I've got my questions. I'm sure you have yours. And at any time, you can email us at letstalk at kfuo.org, or you can call us. If you're in the St. Louis area, that's area code 314-821-0850, or toll-free in the other 48 states, uh, lower 48 states at 1-800-730-2727. Pastor Lawrence, welcome back to the program. Yes, it's good to be back. <laughs> pastor Lawrence, I will say, you know, for, for full disclosure, he is my pastor. I, I am a member of St. James, and so we see each other usually on Sundays. Yes. And uh, speaking of which, I wanted to talk to you about one of your sermons. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Now, I go to church on Sunday. I know what to expect. I'm going to hear you read from the Old Testament. You're going to read the epistles. You're going to read from the gospel. Yeah. And then you're going to give a sermon. And I understand that all of this, you know, this is the word of God, and you're, you're telling me how this impacts me and what it does. Yeah. And generally, that's what it is. <clears throat> but every so often, sometimes I will hear something and I say, oh my gosh, I know exactly what he's saying this this is aimed at me uh-huh. <laughs> you know not not just generally i mean there's something specific here that i know that you may not be aware of it but boy you really hit it on the nail you know and this this is what I, this is what happened uh sunday before last uh-huh. uh you were preaching from uh the book of luke yeah. chapter 12 and this is about well, you, you know what, what Luke said. The, yes. Yeah, these are the things about, you know, why worry about things? Be Have no fear, you know. Yeah, this idea of not being distracted about what you eat or yeah. what you drink, what you put on. Oh, uh, yeah. And then we come to verse 25, and this is the one that nailed me. Uh-huh. And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? <laughs> yeah. Okay, now that I was sitting there and you and you said that and I thought, my gosh, that's me. Uh. Now here I'm going to put this in context because <clears throat> we're going to go back in time now okay. and we're going back to January of the year 2004. Okay, and at this time I happened to be in the intensive care unit of Desert Regional Hospital out in Palm Springs, California. Ah. Oh. Uh, having had a heart attack and uh, waiting for them to stabilize me enough so they can go in and do things to my heart and see if it works again. Okay. And you know, Pastor, the funniest thing happened. Mm. While I'm there in the hospital, I suddenly, it, it was one of the most peaceful periods of my life. Mm. Because I'm lying there and... Suddenly, all the, the daily worries and anxieties, you know, paying the rent, meeting that deadline at work, got to walk the dog. None of that mattered. Mm-hmm. It all paled in insignificance. The only real question 
was whether I was going to live or die. And you know, that was completely out of my hands. There was nothing I could do to change that one way or the other. Right. And I looked at it and said to myself, you know, I'm going to win either way on this thing. Uh. Either I'm going to live and I'll go back to my life, to my family and my friends, or I'm going to die and I'll be with God. Right. So either way, I'm going to win. And I really... <laughs> and it was incredible. Yeah. You know, I just, I honestly had absolutely no fear, no worries, nothing. I was just lying there just, yeah, okay. It's in his hands, not mine. And I know it'll it will be end okay. up for the best. Yeah. You know, St. Paul, um, you know, spoke like that too. And he says, um, you know, <clears throat> for me to depart and be with the Lord is, you know, is, is, mm -hmm. is good. But if I stay here with you, it's also for, for your benefit. So he saw the benefit in dying and being with the Lord yeah. and or staying and continuing to, to serve the Lord by teaching the people the word of God. So, yeah, it um, sometimes, you know, you... Things like what happened to you make you put, you know, your, your priorities. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all of a sudden, your priorities change. You know, you realize that, um, that you know, what, what, you know, all these other things that I worry about, you know, what was that all for? You know, it's not going to um, lengthen my, my life at all. In fact, it may just shorten it. Oh, yeah. You know, because sometimes it's the stress of life that, you know, cause things like heart attacks and things like that uh, you know as you said that um you know <laughs> not that i was targeting you because <laughs> no, i'm sure you didn't even know about that but boy i was just thinking my gosh he's talking yeah, about, about me, me. <laughs> because you know qu quite often when you um when you are doing sermon preparation you look at that text and you try to look in the mirror of that text mm -hmm. and go, you know, what is this text saying to me? Um, because I'm a sinner too. You know, it takes one to know the other. It <laughs> <You laughs> takes one to know the other. And you look at that text and say, what is this text saying to me? And uh, um, as I studied that text, I reflected back on a situation I had in New York. Oh. I was going through a difficult time and uh, I was worried I was worried in fact um, I remember my mentor used to say to me boy you're such a worry wart you worry about everything <laughs> but this time I was really worried and uh, my uh, daughter that was at um, Cornell University came home for a visit and she realized I was in my office, which was in the house, and I'm just sitting there worried about about things. And she came into my office and she said, um, you seem to be showing God how big your problems are uh -huh. instead of showing your problems how big your God is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And uh, initially, of course, initially I was angry with her you know who is the resident theologian you're me get out <laughs> but you stop and you think and you go you know what she's right you know part of what we do with worry is uh, we act as if 
our problems are bigger than our God. You know, they're bigger than God, and God can't take care of this. Uh, and we need to realize that God is really bigger than our problem. And I think that's what Jesus was saying in that text with um, in Luke 12, you know. What are you worried about? You know, if the Lord takes care of um, the ravens, mm-hmm. you know, they don't reap, you know, they don't store. You know, because in the text before that, the rich man had tore down his barns and built bigger ones and stored all his crops and said, boy, I can just relax and live life and, you know, eat, drink and be merry. And uh, the Lord said to him, you fool, tonight (laughs) your soul is being required of you and who will have all that you have stored up? And so, you know, after that text, Jesus is saying, you know, look, the Lord takes care of the raven. They don't reap. They don't, you know, sow. They don't reap. They don't store anything. And yet he feeds them. They live hand to mouth. And if he takes care of them, won't he take care of you? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, now, I think that's not to say that we don't need to be proactive in our lives. Certainly, I think, you know, God intends for us to do that. But right, we need the knowledge that... As you pointed out, God is bigger than us and bigger than our problems. Right, right. He's bigger than our problems. And, uh, you know, that's why Jesus used the, the, the phrase in there, you know, O ye of little faith. Mm. Um, it's not that the disciples were completely faithless, <laughs> but, you know, in their worrying, um, they show a lack of faith. You know, and they act as if their problems are bigger than God, whereas the other way around, God is bigger than our our problems. You know, um, even in the even in the Lord's prayer, um, you have the seven petitions, and the middle one, you have the the three at the top is about our spiritual welfare, the three at the bottom is about our spiritual welfare, but the one in the middle reminds us of our temporal needs. Um, Give us each day our daily daily bread. bread. And a reminder to us that God is the one who gives us our daily bread, you know, (laughs) takes care of our temporal needs as well. Um, And so, you know, the worrying is, uh, is a lack, it shows a lack of trust. You know, I don't trust God to take care of me. I, I need to do this myself. And uh, no, it's it's not about um, to to worry. Also, I think is like carrying an unnecessary burden. You know, I was uh, going back and forth with a cousin of mine um, a couple of days ago on uh, texting. Ever so often, he'll send me a, a text message, and uh, if I respond, I somehow provoke a conversation <laughs> with, with him. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that can be fun, too. So he sent me this um, this attachment, you know, mm-hmm. and it was of this uh, bishop uh, saying that, uh, oh, the Roman Catholic Church changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, and all the other Christians' denomination, they bow down before the Roman Catholic Church and follow in the same vein of changing the Sabbath from uh, from Saturday to Sunday. And uh, so I texted him back. I said, well, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
that's not true. Um, the Sabbath is really a person. Yes. Not a day. And uh, we were going back and forth and this thing about, because in his mind, you know, he cannot um, see the Sabbath as anything else but a day that somehow this is a part of the moral law because it's in the Ten Commandments. And, uh, you know, I tried to say, no, you know, even though it's in the Ten Commandments, um, it's, uh, it's a ceremonial law. It, it tells you who telling us something about Jesus. And uh, Sabbath literally means rest. And who is our rest? Jesus. So he says, well, you know, I, I don't, you know, there's nothing scriptural about it. So I said, well, what does it say Hello, in Colossians? resurrection. Yeah, or what does it say in Colossians? You know, St. Paul, you know, wrote to the Colossians and said, don't let anyone judge you in any festival or new moon or Sabbath. Because those are a shadow of things to come. The substance is Christ. And uh, finally, he, I got his attention. Because now he couldn't rebut that. It's in the scriptures. <laughs> I said something that was scriptural. But the point I'm trying to make is, um, you know, sometimes we carry this burden of worrying. You know, we worry about things and it can be a burden. And even when I was studying that text, I remember sometimes, you know, back in Jamaica, um, you would listen to the elders as they have conversations with each other. And if um, one is complaining about her problems and all these things that she's worrying about, and the other one would just say, in that sweet Jamaican accent, oh, darling, just, just put it down at the foot of the cross. And you always wondered, what do you mean, put it down at the foot of the cross? <laughs> you know, and you realize what, you know, after a while you realize what they are saying. They're saying, instead of trying to carry that worry, that burden of worrying, um, because we do, we become concerned about people and things. Um, in fact, that's one of the reasons why, you know, you, if you notice our prayer list sometimes, keeps getting longer oh yes <laughs> i know? have noticed that and you know somebody would come to me and say can you put you know this relative or this family member of mine put it on the on the prayer list and you go, okay and so the prayer list sometimes get a little long yeah. um, because we worry about each other you know and um, um even our loved ones when they are ill they're they're a little concerned too they're worried but the idea is uh to take it to the one who cares about you. You know, when they say in Jamaica, put it down at the foot of the cross, they're saying, remember that Jesus is your rest. You don't have to carry this burden, you know, all by yourself. Um, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus is, again, pointing them to, to, to just that. Why worry? You know, your heavenly father cares about you. Instead of trying to carry that burden yourself, why not just cast all your cares on the one who cares for you? Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, overlook worry at all. I think ever so often we run into those things that uh, we we find troubling, you know, um, distressing. It happens every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, my mentor used to call me the worry wart. 
because um, you know back then it was always about my wife in school, my children in school. I'm trying to work, trying to keep the family together. And you have concerns. You live in a bad neighborhood. You know you don't like the schools in your neighborhood. You want to put your kids in a private school. It costs money, and you worry about these things. You know, and uh, the idea is even when we have these worries, um, who who should we take them to? We got to take them to the one who cares for us and uh, realize that it's really, as you said, it's ultimately in his hands. You know, can I do anything about this? You know, as you lie there, you go, either I'm going to die or I'm going to live. Yeah. And either way you take it, I'm going to win. <laughs> It's, it's it's not a win-lose situation. This is a win-win situation, yeah. Yeah, I'd almost describe it as an epiphany, but it wasn't something that just suddenly popped into my mind. I was just lying there and just realized there's absolutely nothing for me to worry about worry anymore. About, yeah, right, right. And uh, forget about the bills now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll be back in. If, if I live, I'll go back. Then I'll worry about the bills. If I die, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the bills, the bills will have to, you know, <laughs> take care of themselves. Take, take care of themselves. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I remember. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny you mentioned that. I remember, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm a widower, and when my my wife died, I would suddenly get these bills forwarded to me that she had run up. And I kept saying, she's dead. And they wouldn't believe me. That he, you know, right. A couple yeah. of times, I mean, there was some, you know, I actually had, a, had a, a series of copies of her death certificate that I would mail out to these people. And sometimes they wouldn't believe me, and I'd mail it to them, and they'd say, well, give us another one. And, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. They um, <laughs> yeah, they, they want their money, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's the only thing they think about. Oh, well, looks like we may have a caller. Let me see here. Howdy, howdy. Uh, welcome Hi. to Let's Talk. Hi, I've got a question for you guys. Anna? Um, yes, yes, this is Anna. Um, I have a little bit different take on worry, so I must be an, uh, maybe an expert worrier. Or <laughs> but, uh, You're in good company here. Oh, boy. Um, here's how, how, if I can explain it right, I'm not sure. God is a big God. I believe he can do anything. I, I, I know this. But my problem is with the providence thing where everything is either caused or allowed by God. So when I'm praying and I say, oh, I know you can take care of my bills, but does he really want to? Maybe he's going to make me go through some terrible times, and that's what I'm afraid of, and I don't know how to handle that. In other words, if he doesn't heal my husband and all these things happen, he could decide on no bills and no husband. So, um, not, you know, not paying the bills and not sustaining my husband. So I guess that's where my um, problem is, a snag. So I'll hang up uh, and listen to you guys, but that's kind of a different take because I know God can do everything. Well, thank so, you, Anna. That's that's a very good question. Thank you. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and that, again, you know, reminds us that we do have these concerns, you know. And, um, we, you know, we, we're not, by saying don't worry, 
yeah. is not to ignore the fact that we have them. No, but there will come a point. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with my throat today. Uh, but there will come a point where you can't do anything about it. Now, what, she, what Anna just uh, was relating is not necessarily that case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think God does indeed expect to try to carry through with it. Now, there may be um, something that will happen in the future because of that. Now, I, I look at my own case, for example. Why did I survive that? Well, maybe it's to be right here where I am now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is, uh, believe me, this is an enormously fulfilling position for me to be in. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm not sure I would have been here doing what I'm doing had it not been for that. Yeah. But, you know, um, as she talks about going through tough times, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, sometimes the Lord allow us to go through some difficult times. Um, you know, the Lord is also training us to trust him, you know. Part of it is his training program to trust him. And I remember, you know, you read back in the Old Testament with um, with Abraham, you know, how the Lord trained Abraham for quite some time how to, to trust him. And so Abraham had to be patient and wait, you know, for certain things. Um, and uh, as the Lord trained Abraham to trust him, then he tested him just to show him how far he had brought him in that in that faith to trust him. When he said, um, now take your son, your only son that you love, and sacrifice him. Hmm. And, you know, um, it's hard for you and I to imagine what was going through his mind. Because, wait a minute, this is the son of promise. This is the one through whom the Messiah is to come. And you're saying to sacrifice him. But he's going to just do it anyway. He's going along. And uh, heavy-hearted, I imagine. (laughs) You know, heavy-hearted and go, well, if this is what God says, and this is what I'm going to have to do. Um, I can't imagine he told his wife um, what he's going to do. And he, um, you know, I I like reading that story when he and um, Isaac is walking along and um, Isaac is carrying the wood and, you know, he's got the knife and the fire and and Isaac is is saying, you know, um, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, but where is the lamb? And all he can say is, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Um, not knowing what's going to happen until he gets to the spot, build the altar, put the wood on the altar, and then ties up poor Isaac and put him on the altar and ready now to kill him. And the Lord stops him and go, don't touch him. Um, here's a ram caught by its horns in the, in the bush. Um, sacrifice that instead. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Anna has a, a good point that sometimes the Lord allow us to go through some difficult times and uh, he, he trains us to to trust him that everything is in his hands ultimately. 
Do you have another caller? Yeah, we have Jennifer on the line right now. But, you know, I'd like to take a break right now in the bottom of the hours because we're, uh, we won't really have time to talk to her that much and explore what she has to say until after the break. So, Jennifer, please hold on. We'll be right back right after I do some, uh, some radio stuff here. On this Friday, August 23rd, 2019, KFUO rejoices with our day sponsors, Brian and Tammy Dreyer of Frona, Missouri. Brian made a contribution to help share the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide in honor of his wife, Tammy, as they celebrate her birthday and in thanksgiving to the Lord for the blessing of 40 wonderful years of marriage. Thank you, Brian and Tammy Dreyer, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO day sponsors. This week on The Lutheran Hour. People do what they do because they think rules aren't made for them. Rules are for the other guy. But there are times when following the rules can be a matter of life or death. Hear a classic message from Pastor Ken Klaus this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. I'm Gary Duncan, the General Manager of Worldwide KFUO. We promote our various programs. We ask you to listen to your favorite show. We ask you to support our broadcast ministry, and we thank you for that support. But maybe we don't ask you to pray for us as much as we should. Please pray for the staff, management, radio hosts, and volunteers here at Worldwide KFUO. Pray that the message of salvation through Christ is heard clearly by listeners around the world. Pray that we continue to reach into those areas that are hostile to the Word of God. Pray that KFUO continues to reach those people desperately needing to hear the good news message. And pray that God continues to bless us financially through the gifts we need to continue our broadcast ministry. Thank you for listening, supporting, and praying for Worldwide KFUO. You truly are appreciated. We are the messenger of good news. AM850 in St. Louis, worldwide at KFUO.org. Is it possible William Shakespeare was a translator for the King James Bible? The historic timing is right. His plays include over 1,000 biblical allusions. And Shakespeare's theater group was sponsored by King James, earning its name, The King's Men. One suggestion has been that he helped translate Psalm 46. Shakespeare turned 46 years old the year Psalm 46 was translated. The 46th word from the beginning of the Psalms is shake. And the 46th word from the end of the Psalm is spear. Beyond speculation, we know there were some 50 translators working on the King James Bible in Oxford, Cambridge, and Westminster. And it wouldn't be out of the question to imagine the greatest English writer in history working on the first English translation on one of the greatest books in history. At this point, however, it remains speculation only. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. My guest pastor today is Pastor Wayne Lawrence of St. James Lutheran Church in University City, Missouri. If you want to join into our conversation, you can do it by email at any time at letstalk at kfuo.org. Or you can phone in if you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East. That number is 314 314- Eight two one zero eight fifty, or anywhere anywhere else in the lower forty eight, you can call us at one eight hundred seven three zero two seven two seven. And we do have a listener on the line that is Jennifer. Jennifer, God uses us in times of strife. I believe is what you want to talk about. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a little bit. Uh, I guess adding on to what Anna, previous caller, talked about. My father suffered a stroke a couple years ago, and. In the early, you know, after you have a stroke, you kind of go through some mental anguish just because of the damage done to the brain. And mm-hmm. But he came out of that with, he told me at church one day, he was actually t- telling me and some other people that in all of what happened, people were praying to the Christians, our God, that were not Christian. They were praying for him and his health. And I looked at him, I said, I hate that you went through this, but... If God's going to use you as a vessel to bring even the word of Christ into the mouths of people that don't believe, you just opened a door. I hate that you went through it, but God used you in that instance to maybe help proclaim the gospel to people that didn't believe. And I'll let you all go on with that. I'll hang up and listen. But that's just, I feel like he was used for that moment, even though it was hard to go through. But he... The word of Christ entered into the mouths of people that otherwise probably never even really knew, know anything about him or heard about him until right. my father. Right. No, that is true. I so think. I yeah, that is um, that is excellent. That um, you know, um, you know, we as we face certain difficulties, mm-hmm. um, and as we listen to how others minister to each other. You know, Christians care for each other, um, and they pray for each other. <laughs> you know, they pray for each other. Um, it's it's a testimony to because they're talking to Christ. You know, they're talking to the Triune God, um, and uh, you know they they bear witness to the one that they believe in. Well, it's also possible, I think, that when you're going through a difficult time. Mm-hmm. It could be that the good thing won't necessarily happen to you. Maybe to someone else. But to someone else that, you know, you're all part of God's plan. Right. And, you know, right. like we said, you know, we ain't the center of the universe, even though we think we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, yes, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, what you're going through, um, if, you know, it leads someone to Christ, mm-hmm. um, you know, because when you think of funerals, you know, when you think of funeral, that person is is already gone, and uh, the the message of the casket is: look, the wages of sin is death. As silent as the casket is, it preaches a loud message. You know, the wages of sin is death, and uh, the job or the calling, I should say, of the pastor is to counter that message, is to say that's not the end of the story. Um, 
the gift of God. Chapter. Yes. Yeah, the, the next chapter is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And so funerals are a time to witness to Christ. Funerals are evangelistic in nature in that sense. Because, you know, the the, the you know a lot of the, the the family members and friends that are present, yeah, they're grieving. You know, the the death of their loved one reminds them of their own mortality. You know? Um, this loved one is is gone and eventually I'll be gone too. Mm. But, you know, we we preach the gospel and that's one of the reasons why. What do we what kind of hymns do we use at funerals? We use Easter hymns. <laughs> you know, a lot of the hymns that we use at funerals are Easter yeah. um for the resurrection. Hymns, because it's about the resurrection of the body um and life everlasting. And so you're right, I mean, sometimes we go through difficult times and it's a time when we also need to remember um, the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, that this is not the end, you know. Um, like you said, you were lying there and you go, I could either live or die, but either one, it's yeah. it's gain for me. I don't lose. Um, and so, you know, the Lord brought you to see that, you know, that's the Holy Spirit working in us, um, giving us, strengthening our faith in that time of need. Just utter peace. That's the yes. best way to describe yeah. the feeling. Just yeah. utter peace. Oh, of course, of course. You know, um, you know, the peace that we have with God goes beyond human comprehension. Mm. You know, um, it's a it's a peace that goes beyond human comprehension. And yes, you know, at funerals, that's what we do. We are countering the message of the casket by, you know, pointing to the resurrection of Christ because he lives. We look forward to the resurrection of our bodies and life everlasting. And so I think, you know, she has a good point that um, sometimes even the death of someone or the sickness of someone um, reminds us of our mortality and uh, um, we point to Christ, who is our Savior, and that, that witness, um, you know, it's always the gospel. You know, what brings someone to faith? The gospel. You know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, that gospel, when it is uh, proclaimed, when it is read, um, when we call upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit uses that message of of the resurrection, of the death and resurrection of Jesus to work faith um, in others. And so, yes, I think that's a a very good point that um, she's bringing up, that uh, we may go through difficult times and sometimes our difficult times work out to bring someone um, to Christ. Well, let me um, ask another question. We opened this program uh, by well, wait a minute here. I tell you what, we got another we got another listener here. I think this is going to be a fun one. Let's see what we've got here. This listener is not yet patched through my board, so I will have to wait for a second there. Uh, what I was going to say, Pastor, is uh, you know I told you that was suddenly like um, you were talking directly to me. That that line in Luke twelve uh, twenty five was exactly aimed at me. Uh huh. <laughs> 
How often has this happened? I mean, have, have people come up to you after a sermon and said, how did you know? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, you call no, but you know who knew? The Holy Spirit knew. Mm. You know, the Holy Spirit knew. And uh, you know, um, sometimes when I get good comments and sermon, I go, "Well, good. Maybe I got out of the way, and the Holy Spirit did yeah. did His preaching." You know, and yeah. that's what we hope when we get in the pulpit is that um, the Holy Spirit would use us, that we would get out of the way as much as possible, and uh, let Him proclaim Christ. Well, I, I know I've, I've heard others, obviously I've heard many sermons from you, and uh, you know, I, I you've, you've really cleared up some some issues that I had, you know, and, and questions that I had about Scripture, uh, and you were able to explain them to me through the sermons. But this was the first time when you, you were speaking directly to me. You didn't realize it. No. <laughs> But you were speaking directly to me, and that means that Jesus was speaking directly to me. Exactly, exactly. You know, um, you know, um, who is present in worship? You know, mm -hmm. Christ is. You know, um, that's why we say He is our Sabbath. He is our rest. Um, when we come together for worship, um, that's the Sabbath. Why? Because He is graciously present. And uh, he gives us the rest that we need. And it's important to remember that uh, you know when you do preach the gospel, yeah. these are the words of God. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes we forget that. You know, yeah. Okay, it's from the Bible. Oh wait, no, not exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, and you know that's you know we you know we read the scriptures from the lectern and we are facing the congregation. Mm -hmm. If you notice those, there are always those two actions going on in worship. There are times when the pastor is facing the congregation or times when he has his back turned to them and he's facing the altar. Yeah. Um, especially if you have, especially if your altar is up against the wall. Um, and you're always indicating that God is speaking to us and we are speaking back to him. And the scriptures is read from the lectern, you're facing the congregation because God is speaking to us through this, through his word. Mm -hmm. Through his word. That's why at the end of it, we say, this is the word of the Lord. Um, because it's not my word, it's his. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons, I think, why the LCMS has also held on to the traditional hymns rather than giving in to the more more yes. modern Christian music. Uh -huh. Because they're, essentially, they're... they're, they're they are rich. They're they, sermons. They, uh, yes. You know, I, sometimes when I look at the liturgy and look at the hymns, I go, man, even if I didn't have a good sermon, God's people would still be fed. Mm -hmm. Just from the hymns and the liturgy, they would still be fed. Now, you know, you're not going to try to, you know, you always want to make sure you do the sermon and do it right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try to do it well as much as possible. But, you know, the liturgy and the hymns is like that safety net that you go, wow, you know. Um, and especially if um, you realize that they, when you look at how they coordinate some of them, the hymn of the day with the readings and things like mm -hmm. that. You go, wow, all linked. it's all connected. And uh, you realize there's a message here. <laughs> it is. And one of the things I like about it is uh, with the singing of the hymns, what we are doing, we as the congregation, yes. is we're essentially preaching to each other. Yes, yes. 
And also when you take the Lord's Supper. Oh, yeah. You know, that is, um, you know, in the, in divine service setting one, in one of the options where we say, you know, um, as long as we eat this bread and drink this cup, as often as we do, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. Because every time you come to the altar, you have preached a sermon. You have just proclaimed the Lord's death until he comes. I'm not the only one that preached a sermon uh-huh. on Sunday, but everyone that come to the Lord's table has preached a sermon. They have just proclaimed the Lord's death until he comes. I hadn't thought of that. And that's why we, you see, if you notice, you turn around with the elements <laughs> and you as right. often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death. It's yeah. preaching. Yeah. yeah. You are preaching. It's not, uh, you know, wow. the you know the prophesying is done not just by pastors but by every Christian. Well, I was thinking more in terms of you know I, I take communion. I'm communing directly with 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 God, but the thought that I'm proclaiming as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't quite put it in that light, but I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, every, you know, the Christian life, you know, when we live the Christian life, um, as Jennifer pointed out, as, you know, her dad went through that, Mm -hmm. um, the Christian life is uh, is a living testimony um, to their faith in Christ Jesus. It's a living testimony. Their difficulties, their joys, um, the Christian life, you know. Um, The... The first petition of uh, uh, of the Lord's Prayer, you know, reminds us that um, we want the Word of God to be taught in all its truth and purity. And we also want to live a godly life according to it, you know. And that's how God's name is hallowed, yeah. you know. When his word is all, is in its truth and purity, and when we live a godly life according to it. So the Christian life lived in Christ, whether he's going through a difficult time or a joyful time, and that Christian life is a living testimony to his faith. And it's especially important in this day and age when we are faced with so much temptation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So much temptation. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's not just that we will have bad things happen to us, like my wife dying mm-hmm. or like what, uh, what Anna was going through. But sin can be attractive. Yeah. Say to yourself, boy, I really wish I could do this. That would be, I would be having so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not. No, what, right, know. right. And, you know. How do we end our divine services with a benediction? Mm-hmm. Um, God's name is placed on us. It's a reminder to us that as we leave even the church building itself, we go out with that name on us. And do we want to bring honor to that name or shame to it? And we want to maintain it throughout yeah. throughout our lives. And yeah. it's, it's difficult. It is very difficult. I think yeah. we're well, all sinners. And I, I mean, yeah, I've done a lot of things that oh, I'm really proud yeah. of. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, I, which is why, you know, I... People that act like they don't need that much Jesus, you know, I can I can do with church, you know, not so often. Oh boy, I need Jesus every day, you know. <laughs> I need Jesus often, you know. Um, 
Well, some years ago, uh, before I joined with St. James, I, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I had not taken communion in, in honestly, in years. Wow. <laughs> and I was talking about, uh, well, you know, I, I have the faith, you know, I, I, I know the scripture, I mean... Why do I need actually to go to a church? And I remember him looking at me and saying, Kip, you need the bread and wine. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> what a terrific answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, that's a good answer for um, for those who think that, oh, I, all I have to do is just stay home and, you know, watch those televangelists. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. What about communion? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what about communion, you know? Uh, you know, we need uh, that it's word and sacrament. Yes. You know? Well, we have that uh, that one older woman in our congregation yeah. who's, who's brought in from the nursing home. Yeah. And she's there almost every week. The woman's such an inspiration. Oh, she is. But she's coming and you bring the supper, the wine, and the bread to her. And that's what she's doing. You know, every, She needs Jesus. She knows it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's yeah, yeah. always there. Oh, she is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she, I remember her from when she used to just work in the yard sometime. Uh-huh. And uh, I used to have to say to her, watch out. You can get a heat stroke from being out there too long. <laughs> but she is just so committed to... To St. James. She's been there before I came. Oh, yeah. In fact, I mentioned her to Tom Baker. He knew exactly he who knew she who was. He knew who he Of course. Yeah. <laughs> he knows who she is. Said, you know, I even, if, even back then, I thought she was an older woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yes, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's good to see that, yeah, you is. know, she will not stay. She could qualify as homebound, but she will not stay home. Um, she has her daughter or her son. Most of the time, it's her daughter will bring her to church on Sunday. And I've been telling her this for years, though, because she used to love to, you know, struggle to come up to the altar. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, I can always come down to you, you know. And finally, yeah. after she couldn't make it up the steps anymore, she decided, yeah. okay, I'll let you come to me. <laughs> Yeah, I remember she. I remember being at the altar with her a couple of times. Yeah, I'd always try to help her down the stairs. Yeah, oh, she. Yeah, she's always there and yeah. loves to um, commune um, in church with um, her brothers and sisters in Christ. And and also you know, with the home, with the homebound, certainly you know you can you can she can have communion there, but she doesn't have the fellowship. You know she. she Right, you know, and that's why she comes to church. You know, it's the fellowship also with um, her brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we are a source of encouragement for each other too. We are, we are. Uh, that's one of the things I really love about St. James is that we are we're such a diverse congregation. Yeah, that you really don't see in a lot of LCMS congregations. Right, and uh, I I love that that. Uh, that communion feeling, the, the the community feeling. Yes, yes. Communion, community, same ba- root word. Right, yeah. And this is one of the things that I love about it. Yeah. And they know each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm terrible with names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know each other. I know all these people, and I can't think, oh, my gosh, what are their names? They're I know. Terrible they was, when I first came, that was a struggle for them to, to, mm-hmm. know, to, to remember names. But uh, one of the things um, we started doing was... Um, just going out to lunch together. Mm-hmm. And once we start going out to lunch together, they start getting to know each other. And 
know each other by name mm. and have each other's phone number. And like, wow, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. There's so much that goes on and there, there's, there's so much treasure to be found yeah. within yeah. the church and within these, these uh, the words. Yeah. You know, that's... There's just so much rest there for us. You know, um, because as I mentioned earlier, some of the elderly used to complain to each other about their worries. Mm-hmm. And in their complaining, you know, they were unburdening themselves. You know, um, we we com- sometimes our fellowship is where we come to unburden ourselves, you know, yeah. and uh, to to receive that assurance, that encouragement from a brother in Christ. You know, absolution, by the way, is not always done by pastors. Okay, that run that by me. Uh, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, yep. You know, if I came to, if I came to you, I'm your pastor, but if I came to you and started sharing with you something that I am having difficulty with, I'm struggling with, now it's your turn to absolve me, to remind me that Christ died for those sins too. You know, and and so, yeah, absolution is not just, I mean, in church where when we come together for worship, the pastor is the one conducting the worship Mm -hmm. service. So he does the absolution. But outside of church, just you and I talking, um, if I unburden my worries to you or my sin, Mm -hmm. yes, it's um, you're the one now to absolve me. Well, like um, one of my uh, my wife, my my new, the one I've remarried. I'm a widower, but I have remarried. Uh, my my current wife is a retired nurse, and she would tell a story about how uh, years ago, when she was working in the emergency room, one of her coworkers was a Lutheran, a very devout Lutheran, and when they would have a newborn who wasn't going to make it. Uh-huh. She would sometimes, she would try to perform a baptism. Of course. Yeah. Right. You don't wait for me to to show up to yeah. do a baptism yeah. if that child might die. Um, the Christian there on the spot is the one who does the baptism. And the same thing with absolution. One Christian to another. If a brother come to you and unburden him his, his sins or what he's worried about or what he's struggling with, um, you are the one now in that position to absolve him, to remind him that Christ died for those sins too, and that Christ is his rest and his peace. And as it says in the scripture, as we just discussed, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single, single. hour to the span of life? <laughs> cannot, cannot. And that, that's just so yeah. much. And the next verse and if you're not then able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? About the rest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Oh. Yeah. What an incredible thought. Instead of saying, oh, you of little faith, you want to go, oh, we of little faith sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, we're, we're human. We have, we're fallen. Yeah. We have the old Adam in us. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't have to rule our lives. Yeah. And we can fight him and we can fight the devil successfully <laughs> if we have the help. Yeah. He gives us the power. Yeah, because yeah, we can't do it on our own. No, no. 
And, you know, that's, you know, that's what we pray even in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. Yeah. Um, God's good and gracious will is done when he does what? Hinder and breaks the power of the devil, the mm-hmm. world, and my sinful flesh. Because those are the three that don't want me to hollow God's name or let his kingdom come. <laughs> and as you said, you know, thy will be done. We, we joked earlier about how each one of us thinks we're the center of the universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and certainly when we're, when we're facing difficulties and problems in our lives and trial. Yeah. You know, we can ask for, please, dear God, don't let this happen to me. But it's his will. Yeah. You know, it's not what I want. Right. It's his will. One of the stories my mother told me, (laughs) she said, she said, you know, when I was a little girl, she said, I did not like that part of the Lord's prayer. That says, "Thy will be done," and she goes, "Yeah, this is God, not Santa Claus." Yeah, she said. She said, "I didn't like it because that meant that God was going to do things His way, not my way." <laughs> and then she said, um, "But you know what? After I grew up and start to mature in my faith, I realized, wait a second, God's way is always better than mine." And you see, I think sometimes the sometimes the struggles that we go through in life because we did things our way because we did things our way, and the Lord is training us to realize that no, things are better His way. His will be done in our lives. You know. Well, I look back at my life, and I, I couldn't. When things went bad on the whole, it was because of something I did or didn't do. <laughs> right, right, right. My own darn fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't like to admit it at the time no, it happens, but, no. you know, really, you know, barring what we call, quote, the act of God, like when my, my wife fell ill. Uh, of course, I, I will also say she, that was probably her own fault. She was a lifelong smoker. Yeah. And uh, refused to give up. Yeah. She literally loved tobacco more than she loved her life, but... That's a whole other story. Yeah. Well, Pastor, we're down to our last minute. Do you have any final thoughts on what we've been talking about today and and how the gospel can actually speak directly to the individual? Yes. um, You know, and I think that's why I mentioned earlier about my back and forth with my cousin about the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very important that as we go through our worries in life. It's not easy, you know, because we are humans. It's always tough. But I think it's important for us to remember that the Sabbath is not a day, but a person. Um, The Sabbath as a day was to teach the children of Israel about the Sabbath as a person, and that that person is Christ Jesus, our Lord wonderful thought. Pastor Lawrence, I want to thank you once again for a wonderful program. I always enjoy being here. (laughs) Oh, I do too. This is terrific. Okay, folks, that's it. That's a wrap for Let's Talk the Pastors In, but you know what? We're going to do it again next Friday. Hope you'll join me then. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In. A weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue.
To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.